Hello, thank you so much for joining me for today's Give Him 15. The title of today's post is Raise the Standard. In yesterday's post, I spoke of young prophetic revivalists being raised up in this season. Young, by the way, is getting older as I mature. I mentioned my friend Larry Sparks as being one of these voices. In today's post, I want to share from Larry's great book on revival entitled Pentecostal Fire. This is truly one of the best books I've read on this subject. I can't recommend it strongly enough. In chapter two, Larry says, Tell my ecclesia to raise the bar, and I'll raise the anointing. Raise the bar, and I'll pour out a fresh new Pentecost greater than Acts 2. This is a prophetic statement that the Holy Spirit communicated to Pastor Tim Sheets. Pastor Bill Johnson emphatically states that Pentecost is the standard for church life. When we deviate from the standard, Larry says, we rob believers of walking in their supernatural Holy Spirit inheritance. Scripture tells me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It tells me that it is possible for someone's shadow to heal the sick for anointed pieces of clothing to deliver the demonized, and for extraordinary miracles to be performed by the hands of ordinary people. It tells me that it's possible for entire cities and regions to come to repentance. Jesus himself provo provokes us to believe for greater works, but there is one thing the Bible does not tell me, God stopped moving in power. I cover this extensively in my book, Accessing the Greater Glory, Larry says, but in short, there is no solid theological argument to legitimately affirm the ceasing of the supernatural power of God, commonly called cessation, cessationism. Often critics of the continuing move of the Spirit especially through power gifts of tongues, healing, and prophecy, cite that these unusual demonstrations of God ceased when the canon of Scripture was closed and the last apostle died. We're not claiming any additions to the canon of Scripture, nor do we assert that any leader today, especially those who don the title apostle, come anywhere close to the uniqueness established by the original 12 apostles. We simply believe that Jesus established a timeless model that the early church boldly demonstrated and the church today has an invitation to step into. Larry says, if we want a genuine revival, we'll have to do things God's way a quote from John Kilpatrick in his book. He says, we have tried Christianity our way and it hasn't worked. My friend, 
revivalist and author Jesse Green encourages people to perform an honest evaluation on their faith and ask, is your Christianity working? When I consider where we are right now in history, I'm convinced that contemporary Christianity hasn't performed up to the standard set in the book of Acts. God has graciously blessed us with a level of success, seeing people genuinely converted. He is so kind, gracious, and merciful. I celebrate all the true progress that's been made, but as the world grows darker, and society continues to plummet into unspeakable depths of chaos and depravity, we become increasingly aware that the solution is not trying to repackage the world using Christian jargon. They simply don't want it. Isaiah 60 verse 2 speaks of people who are under the influence of deep or thick darkness. This certainly speaks of the innumerable souls who wander through life without Christ, without hope. They're bombarded with darkness day after day. When they cross the threshold into our churches, they do not want Hollywood or Broadway. They don't want Christian leaders to insult them by trying to give them a worldly church we have been entrusted with the otherworldly in the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's freely give as we have freely received. I repeat, he says, people who don't know Jesus or have moved away from Christianity are not seeking entertainment. They groan to encounter the real and living presence of God. There he says, the Lord is calling us to raise the standard so that we can witness a greater demonstration of Holy Spirit anointing and power in our day. If we have low expectations for Christianity, we'll continue to settle for a low demonstration but what if we actually believe that the book of Acts gave us a standard for what life should be like? What if Pentecost was the standard for Christianity throughout all periods in history, not just the first century church? This book is a journey back to the priorities of the early church, the priorities of Pentecost. As I am convinced, Pentecost will serve as a prophetic blueprint for the end time church. We must recapture the fire that burned in the first 300 years of Christianity if we are going to step into the greater works that Jesus announced would be possible to those filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had a clear vision of what the church should look like prior to his return. Paul articulates this to the church in Ephesus by giving us this beautiful picture of what the Son of God is searching for at his second coming. Ephesians 5, 26 and 7 say, so that he might sanctify her, 
the church, his bride, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Meditate on that one stunning phrase, Larry says, the church in all her glory. Wow, he is not coming back for something that is breaking down and falling apart. Pastor Kim Owens boldly declares that Jesus is coming back for a church that's in revival. On the basis of Ephesians 5, I would agree with that statement. He is coming back for a people that are filled with glory. We need to define Pentecost clearly if we're going to use it as the standard and model for Christianity today. After all, many hear the word Pentecost and think of either a denomination or a certain flavor of Christianity. Pentecost is not a personality. Pentecost is not a preference or style of the church. Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost was not a dispensation or era. Pentecost was not in the back room. It was front and center. Pentecost was the way of life for the early church. And Pentecost introduces us to the more of God that is available now. Many believers today are like the disciples in Acts 19. They simply do not know there is more of God for them to experience. Acts 19, 1 and 2 says, It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. By using the phrase, There is more, Larry says, I'm not encouraging you to go outside the confines of Scripture to seek for some unbiblical experience. Far from it. For too long we have read the Bible at a distance, thinking such supernatural experiences were exclusive to the Bible days. The canon is closed, but God has not changed. When did we officially exit the so-called Bible days? I just want to read those sentences again. For too long we have read the Bible at a distance thinking such supernatural experiences were exclusive to the Bible days. The canon is closed, but God has not changed. When did we officially exit the so-called Bible days? Francis Chan wrote in his prophetic book, Letters to the Church, that Quote, we have become too easily satisfied. We are content if a person leaves church pleased. 
God wants them awed. End quote. It's time for a generation to experience a God who leaves us undone in breathless awe and wonder. Perhaps we have not seen more of these kinds of experiences in our present day because we've not even considered them as an option. Thus, we have comfortably resigned ourselves to a status quo spiritual existence, all the while longing inside for someone to provoke us to pursue the more. The great British preacher and orator, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, poignantly reminded us we were never meant to be content with a little. Larry says, my friend, there is more. It's available and it's accessible. And I agree. Great writing, great book. Let's pray. Father, as Larry makes clear in his book, revival is not off somewhere in the distance. It is here now. Help us to catch up with you. Turn up the revelation dial, enabling the church to recognize the times and seasons. Awaken our faith to embrace the opportunity before us Break us out of comfort zones, preconceived ideas, religious routines, and hesitancy to change. Renew our wineskins, making them flexible and ready to receive your now words and activities. We decree now what you have stated prophetically to us. It is time. We ask for the fire to intensify. The revival fires we spoke of in yesterday's post. The fires you showed in a dream beginning in Florida and going all the way up the east coast of America. But others have seen this fire spread westward and also from the west coast back to the east. It is clear that you want your revival fire everywhere in this country. We call forth this fire with our declarations of faith and in agreement with your words. Send it now, we pray. Raise up many prophetic revivalists in our day. Do it here in America and around the world. May the greatest generation of revivalists in history be unleashed. Father, I ask you again, as we agree together all across this nation and throughout the world, may the greatest generation of revivalists in history be unleashed. Give them great wisdom, boldness, revelation, power, and zeal. Perform great miracles through them, extraordinary miracles 
and use them to produce shocking deliverances. Save a billion souls through them. May it be said of them as it was the early church, they turned their world upside down. We pray and decree these things in the most powerful name in heaven and earth, Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. And our decree, we decree that Pentecost fire is springing up in the earth and will not be quenched. Amen. Well, today's post was taken from the book, Pentecostal Fire, written by my friend Larry Sparks. You can find out more about Larry using the link here. We provided a link to Larry's website. Go to our GiveHim15.com website or give him 15 app and you'll find the link on today's post. Obviously, you can Google Larry Sparks, Pentecostal Fire, and find him that way. But you can order the book through his website. I'm sure you can get it at Amazon elsewhere, but go check out his website. You might see another book or two of his you want. Larry's a great writer. Thank you, Father, for these revivalists you're raising up. Give us thousands of them, we pray. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. My friend Chuck Pierce and my brother Tim Sheets will be with me on tomorrow's post. You're going to enjoy that. See you then.